Hey, this is Larry Gunn. How you doing? On today's training video, I want to talk to you about working with realtors. I've had a lot of students that have emailed or called our office and wanted to know, number one, how do you get the realtor on the phone? Number two, how do you get their cell number? And number three, how do you negotiate with the realtor and get them to like you and trust you and still leave the door open for you to make on those low-ball offers that I tell you that you need to make on properties? And, uh, <clears throat> and it is an art, okay? It's not something that's learned overnight. I mean, you do need specific scripts. You need specific things you need to say because you got to get them to like you and trust you and build rapport in the first few seconds of being on the phone call. you got to do that not only with realtors but with everybody just about. So, first of all, let's talk about getting the realtor on the phone. You call up the office. You're calling about a property. You saw the listing. And, of course, you want to speak to the listing agent. So you call up about the property, and, you, and the receptionist is going to answer the phone. Now, sometimes I call them a gatekeeper because I don't know why, but they want to ask you all these questions before they let the realtor on the phone. So you call up, and you say, and they answer the phone, Hi, XYZ Realtor, can I help you? You say, Hi, this is Larry. Is Bob around? So with that, it almost sounds like I know Bob, okay? So, Hi, this is Larry. I might even say, How have you been? Hey, this is Larry. How have you been? Is Bob around? So I'll, uh, uh, I'll either get Bob on the phone or they might want to play the gatekeeper. They might want to ask me a few questions. They might say something like, may I tell him who's calling? Okay? Well, typically I'll say, yeah, this is Larry. Well, how have you been? Or I might say, hey, this is Larry. Well, who is this? Oh, that's right. That's right. How have you been? See, they don't know if I know him or not. They don't know if I spoke to them or not. They speak to a lot of people all day long, and they're tired of answering the phone because everybody that calls wants something. I mean, think about this. They are a receptionist. Everybody that calls wants something, okay? So you want to break up their day and, and make them happy, make them laugh if you can, and be, be nice and be courteous. Don't be a professional uh, investor. Hi, my name is Larry Goins, and I'm an investor. May I speak with Bob Smith, please? No, forget about that, okay? You want to be happy, okay? Act like you're on vacation all the time, okay? So anyway, what you want to do is, hi, is Bob around? This is Larry. And she might say something with, uh, for example, she might say, um, and who are you with, okay? I love this question because when they say, and who are you with, and I always come back, I always say this, and you'll love this. I say, well, I'm by myself. Who are you with right now? So usually they get the chuckle out of them or something, and they say, well, you know, either put me through, or they'll say, he's not here right now. Now, if he's not here right now, that's when you have to go to work, okay? You've got to try to get the cell number. And I don't know why this is, but most of the time the receptionist or gatekeeper doesn't like to give up the realtor's cell number. It blows me away. I don't understand why this happens, but a lot of times they will not give up the cell number. And, I mean, think about it. The realtor is on commission only. They don't get paid unless they close a deal. However, they're not going to give me their cell number so they can make a sale and I'm trying to buy a house. So, anyway, we call up and we, we asked him, asked for Bob, and they say, may I tell him who's calling? Sure, it's Larry. How have you been? And, well, who are you with? I'm by myself. They'll give me the cell number. A lot of times, it doesn't work every time, but it works a lot of times. So they'll give me the cell number. So now I'm calling Bob. I say, I, I call the number. Bob answers the phone. I say, hey, Bob, this is Larry. How have you been? You busy or you got a second? 
So he doesn't know right off if he knows me or not. He may have talked to me before. Remember, he's in sales. He doesn't want to make me mad. He doesn't get paid until he closes a deal, so he doesn't want to be too aggressive, okay? So, uh, hey, Bob, this is Larry. How have you been? You busy or you got a second? Now, how have you been denotes that I know him, okay? And he doesn't really know whether I do or not right now. And the second thing is I want to respect his time, okay? So I say, are you busy or do you have a second? Notice I didn't say do you have a few minutes or do you have a little bit of time or whatever. I said, do you have a second? I want him to think that it's not a big deal talking to me. He's going to be off the phone pretty quick, okay? So you're busy or you got a second? And notice, anytime I ever ask an alternative choice question, I always make sure that the choice I want them to make is the last choice. Are you busy or do you have a second? I didn't say, do you have a second or are you busy? Then they might come back and say, oh, I'm busy right now. Um, I don't know why it works, but it does. Just trust me on this, okay? Doesn't work every time, of course, but it works a lot of the time. So, okay, now I've got Bob on the phone. He says, yes, i got a second. I'm going to say, great. Bob, I'm calling about your listing over at 125 Oak Street. Is it still available, and can you tell me a little bit about it? See, I want to make sure first if it's still available. Then he's going to tell me if he's had offers on it or if he's got, you know, you know when I say is it av still available, he, he might say, well, we've had a couple offers or we're negotiating an offer right now. It just opens up the door for him to let me know the status of the property, okay? And this is very important. He might say, we've had a lot of interest in it, but no offers, or it's been on the market a while, or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's still available. We had it sold, but it fell through, or whatever. And that's good information. You're always taking notes. Second thing is, uh, he's going to start telling you about it. Well, it's a three-bedroom, one bath, blah, 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 whatever it is. You know, and, and then what you want to do is you want to start asking some questions about the property. You know, do you think, Bob, do you think this would be a better rental property or a better property to fix up and sell? Now, if you notice, I don't come right off the bat and say, hi, Bob, I'm an investor. I don't say that, okay? I want to let them figure it out after I've had a chance to build rapport with them, okay? Because most of the time, most realtors, if they hear the words, I'm an investor and I'm calling about your house at, they just draw up, they clam up, they don't want to deal with you. And I understand that because all investors want to make lowball offers. And But remember, we're making lowball offers too. In fact, we're buying properties now at 25 to 35% of list price, okay? Even from HUD, we just closed two houses, but we haven't closed yet, they're supposed to close next week. Two houses, we paid exactly 30% of list price in their HUD-owned properties, and this is unheard of. So now we're getting offers accepted a lot lower. So anyway, so uh, I want to ask you a few questions about the house. You know, what do you think it's going to take to fix this property up? Just a ballpark, okay? Remember, the words just a ballpark is very soft. It's not like I'm saying, well, do you have a repair estimate on this property? I want to keep it very light, very conversational. You know, have you had many offers on this property? That's another question you want to ask. Um, how long has it been on the market? And now, if I found this property from a bank website, like Bank of America or BB&T or Fifth Third Bank or Aquin or something like that, I might even drop in and say, you know, well, do you get a lot of bank-owned listings like, like this from Bank of America? See, that lets him know I've done my homework, that I know a little bit about this property. I know Bank of America owns this property, okay, that I know a little bit about it. 
and I'm going to agree with them if it comes back. You know, yeah, we've had a few offers, but they've been low. I said, I certainly understand that. Um, you know, we had a contract on it, but it fell through. You know, and I know, well, the good news is you don't have to worry about me because I'm a cash buyer. You know, and I'm, I'm not just a, and sometimes I say this, I'm not just a Carlton Sheets wannabe. We actually do what we say we're going to do. Okay. Now, once you've built a rapport with the realtor, here's what we do. We end up talking to the realtor and selling them on why they want to work with us. Okay, now, if we're doing the filthy riches model, which is buying a house for $5,000, you know, five or ten or whatever thousand dollars, then turn around and selling it for four to six times what we paid for it with seller financing, I will say something along the lines of this. Now, first of all, if you don't know about this concept, this is where we're buying dirt cheap dog and fleece houses nobody else wants for around five grand. We're selling them for thirty thousand with seller finance, and then you can either sell the note or collect the payments. You can find out more about that at filthyriches.com. In fact, you can watch a webinar we have coming up, and uh, uh, we've got free videos on that as well. So anyway, I might say, well, let me tell you a little bit about what we do. We buy these low-end dirt cheap dog and fleece houses nobody else wants. Now, we can't pay a whole lot for them, but the good news is we don't need an inspection. We don't need an appraisal. We're pretty much ready to close before Bank of America is. And notice I dropped Bank of America in before. In fact, we bought a lot of these bank-owned properties like this. Okay, But now the thing is we can't pay a whole lot for them. In fact, a uh, little house like this, we might only be able to pay six, seven, eight thousand dollars 8000 In fact, I think the last house we bought similar to this, I think we paid four or 5000 somewhere around there. But like I say, we can't pay a whole lot for them, um, but the realtors we work with love us because we do what we say we're going to do, and we're very easy to work with, and I guarantee you it'll be the easiest closing you've ever had. That's a Larry Goins guarantee. Now, notice I've dropped a few things in there. First of all, the price. I said a little house like this, we can't pay a whole lot for it, six, seven, eight thousand dollars $8,000. And then right after that, I said, in fact, the last house we bought, I think we paid four or five thousand. I'm price conditioning the realtor without making an offer. Okay, I'm price can end, but I keep the conversation going because the problem that new investors make is what they'll say is they'll say, you know, I think I'd like to put an offer in on this house that's listed for thirty thousand. I'd like to offer six thousand dollars, and then they shut up. But see, you leave that on a note that the realtor has to get defensive. They have to. They don't have any other choice. I mean, they don't want to present a $6,000 offer, especially when you do it like that. So if we were going to do that, I would say something like, you know, I can't really pay a whole lot for this property. In fact, a property like this, I probably need to be, I don't know, four, five, six thousand, something like that. Have you had many offers on this house? Now, I went from the price right over to another question. So they have to answer that question. But now they also have my numbers in their head, but we've moved on to another question. So it, it kept them from saying, uh, from, from getting defensive about the price. If I had just said, you know, we can't pay a whole lot for it, we need to be around four, five, or six thousand, and then I shut up, now we're talking about the price. And they're going to get defensive about that. But I moved right into, have you had many offers? Okay? Or has it been on the market very long? Or something like that. So we're price conditioning the realtor. Did you also notice in that a few minutes ago, what I said was, I said that uh, the realtors we work with love us because we do what we say we're going to do and we close deals. Now, 
Every realtor wants to be a realtor that closes deals and loves working with their clients. That's why I put that in there. That's getting the realtor to like us and trust us and want to do business with us, okay? So then we get all of our questions answered. We go through the whole thing, and we find out all about the property, and then we say, well, it looks like we probably need, you know, I'd like to go ahead and make an offer on this property if you think there's a reason that we should. Now, I know the different banks are different depending on how long they've been on the market and how many price reductions they've had. In fact, if it's a new listing, if they just listed the property for, say, $30,000 and we're going to offer six, there's no point in us making an offer for six. In fact, I'll tell the realtor, I'll say, look, even though we don't need any inspection, we don't need any appraisal, all we need is a few pictures of the property, and, you know, and I can't pay a lot for the property, there's probably no point in putting in an offer at this point if it has just come on the market, okay? But if they've had a couple price reductions, they've had a few offers on it, then yes, I'll say, I'll say something like, you know, we probably need to be around four, five, or six thousand dollars. The realtors we work with, most of them have a relationship with their asset manager, and they're able to email their asset manager and let them know they have a buyer in this range. Do you have that kind of relationship with your asset manager? Now, see, that's much different than saying, would you email the asset manager and see if if they'll if they would like for us to put it on paper? Okay, I'm putting it in their court. I'm asking them if they have a relationship with their asset manager where they can do that. Most of them will say something like, we have to have it in writing, we need a deposit, we need a proof of funds letter, we need a con signed contract, all that. But if I put it on them, I say, the realtors we work with, they typically have the kind of relationship with their asset manager where they can email the asset manager and let them know we have a buyer in this price range. Do you have that kind of relationship with your realtor? Now, see, it, it's almost embarrassing to them if they say no. So that's very, very important, guys, very important, all right? Does it work 100% of the time? No. Does anything work 100% of the time? No. Do we have to make a lot of offers to buy a property at 25 to 35% of list? Yes. We might have to make 25 to 50 offers to get a house. But I guarantee you, when we buy a house, it is not a deal. It is a steal. If you're buying a house for 30% of list price, you can turn right around and sell that property just like that, whether you're selling it as a filthy riches house or you're wholesaling the house to someone else. So remember, don't ask too many questions up front uh, and, and don't tell them too much up front about exactly what you do and how you do it in the sense of you don't want to say, well, if this is the filthy riches model. Well, I need 20 pictures. I need you to put my sign in the window, my lockbox on the door, and I need you to verify no outstanding code violations. No, don't do any of that. They don't know those three specific clauses that are in your filthy riches training until you get it and come to an agreement on a price, and then you start to put it on paper. So don't be doing that right up front, okay? That's very important because if you give them too much information, they're going to get skittish anyway, okay? Now, let's talk about a wholesale deal. If I was buying a property to wholesale, I would, once again, go through all the information and, and get all the information about the property, and I would say, let me tell you a little bit about what we do. We, we buy these, these houses, fixer-uppers, and, um, and what we do is we, we can't pay a whole lot for them, but we pay all cash, okay? And based on what you're telling me, it looks like I probably need to be around 
X number of dollars. And if it's a wholesale property, you're dealing with a little higher-end properties. Now, on the wholesale property, we're going to get a rehab estimate, and we're going to get an ARV appraisal. So one of the questions that I will ask the realtor on the phone call is, in addition to what do you think it's going to take to fix this property up, just a ballpark, if they say five to 10000 I'm going to use 10000 as my number. And then I'm going to say, now, once we get it fixed up, what do you think this property would sell for? Once again, just a ballpark. Remember that. And if they say 100 to 120, now I'm going to use 100. Use the high on the repairs and the low on the after repaired value. That way you don't have to back out of many deals. That's very, very important. And then you submit your offer, okay? And you want to submit your offers all cash. And remember, in my trainings, I show you how to get all your cash. Doesn't have to be your cash. There's many, many different ways, and I'm going to show you on another training video exactly how to do that. So I hope you've enjoyed this and working with realtors, how to get their sale number, how to get your offer out there, how to get them to like you and trust you, and how to build that relationship with them. Also, one thing I want to mention before I forget, always, always, always get their email address. Say, do you mind if I get your email address so we can stay in touch and I can buy more houses from you? Also, ask them, say, do you have an automatic email notification list you can put me on to get listings as they come available. Now, if you're working my filthy riches model, what you're going to do is going to say, put me down to get everything listed, 25000 or less. We actually sometimes we bump it up to 30000 or less. And if you're doing a wholesale deal, you want to say, put me in your system to get automatic email notifications for everything with the keywords, handyman special, fixer-upper, cheap, cash, divorced, reduced, transferred, motivated, REO, foreclosure, and seller addendum required. Those are the most keywords that will get you the bank-owned properties and the wholesale properties and the handyman properties, okay? So I hope you really enjoyed this video. There's a lot more of them at LarryGoins.com. And thanks a lot for your business, and I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Have a great day.